Hi there, Steve Kaufman here again. This is a short, I hope, follow-up video to the one I did about learning German. Uh, there were several comments. One, and I've heard this recently, that my sound is too low. I've finally decided to try other things other than adjusting the input volume. I got rid of my Blue Snowball, which I thought was a better microphone. I'm using this Snowflake here. And it seems that the sound is louder, louder, we'll see. There were also some comments that they would have, people would have liked to have me um, talk a bit more about the specifics of learning German. Uh, so I'll, I'll attempt to do that. Uh, I, mo I, I focus mostly on motivation because to me, in all language learning, motivation is, is by far the biggest factor. And so you have to find a reason to want to learn this language. And I suggested that perhaps upfront German may appeal appear less motivating. I mean, one big problem is you go to Germany and a lot of spe people speak English. So that's demo demotivating if you want to practice your German. Um, the other thing is, you know, German is perceived as, as not, it's not a romantic language, it's not perceived as, as uh, the language of love, like Italian and so forth. Uh, we listen to Italian and Spanish music singers I personally don't listen to any German singers. German music, as in classical music, of course, but not insofar as modern music is concerned. Um, you know, we have this phenomenon of the uh, Korean drama, which uh, creates a lot of interest in Korean. We have uh, Japanese anime, which creates a lot of interest in, in Japanese. Uh, I think for whatever reason, Germany, despite its economic power, doesn't seem to have the same insofar as modern culture is concerned, the same universal appeal as, as others. Now, I'm speaking perhaps from ignorance. I know there are people who like German rock music. It's come up at our forum at length so forth. I don't even know what it is. So, but with German, therefore, you kind of have to force your way in there and appreciate it for what it is. And personally, I've, I found it motivating to, to deal with German and deal with the challenges of German. So what are the challenges of German? Well, first of all, German is not as difficult for an English speaker as Russian, Chinese, Japanese, and so forth, because it's a related language. And if you look up, uh, you know, lexical distance and stuff on the internet, you'll see that English is quite close to German. There are a lot of common words, some of which mean different things, some of which we can't recognize, but the word, uh, you know, English and German have a common origin, and they also have a lot of similar loan words from Latin or French. So there's a lot of common vocabulary. That's on the positive side. Uh, the, uh, you know, uh, declensions, I mean, there's only four cases, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is a lot easier. It doesn't seem like a big difference compared to six, but I found that in Russian, the instrumental and the prepositional and all of the reasons and exceptions and everything surrounding the use of cases, which was much more of an issue than in German. I found that in German, you can almost ignore the cases. At least that's been my strategy. I'm not writing an exam. I don't need my C2 in German. I can understand perfectly well without knowing the cases. Uh, people understand me when I get them wrong. Uh, I got motivated once to try and improve my sense of the cases, and I got this audiobook, Der Dativ ist dem Genitiv sein Tod. Okay, and they talk about when you use the dative and when you use the genitive. And, you know, I, uh, I listened to it a few times. I, really, I don't remember a thing. It had very little impact on me. I really don't care, to be perfectly honest. So that, those are my goals. I feel that 
by you know lots of listening and reading and paying attention slowly i will get better uh, every attempt to study those declension tables has been a failure uh, so, but it's not such a big problem i am more conscious of that in russian i make a greater effort to try and think you know which case is this going to be and that slows me down whereas in german i just wing it and i don't care and uh, in fact i'll say that it was when I stopped trying to ace the declension tables that my German improved. And I started focusing more on acquiring more words and improving my uh, comprehension and listening to, you know, as I mentioned in the previous day, uh, tape, conversations uh, between people and so forth, that I enjoyed it more, I got better, I became more fluent, I understood more, and I don't get hung up uh, about these uh, case endings. Now, any of you that are studying at school, uh, writing for exams, of course, you don't have the luxury. You have to sort of work on it. So what are the major problems in German? Um, pronunciation, I don't think it's such a big deal. I, you don't have to pronounce with a guttural R. You can pronounce with a rolled R, which they do in the south of Germany. Um, you know, the vowels are not such a big problem. I think the spelling is, is consistent, but it's, it's different from what we're used to in, uh, in English, but you just have to get used to, the, to what, the, uh, what the letters represent. Personally, I find it distracting that in German, all of the nouns are capitalized. Uh, it's not done in the other languages that I've learned. I know very well what's a noun and what isn't a noun. And in fact, you know, my reaction to a word is based on the meaning of that word in the context, not on whether it's capitalized or not. So I really don't understand why in German they capitalize their nouns, but they do. So, as I always say, you can't resist the language, you just have to go with the flow. I guess uh, the biggest problem in German is this whole issue of word order. Uh, you know, if I can characterize it, you know, uh, if you learn German want, then the uh, long convoluted sentences they use, you must get used to. So the, the verb always comes at the end. Uh, I went, to, just for the fun of it, I went to uh, the site here online and grabbed a paragraph from an article about President Obama and it says, when the US Congress nach dem Ende der Sommerpause über ein militärisch Eingreifen in Syrien und damit über Krieg und Frieden entscheidet. So, if or assuming that uh, the US Congress, after the end of the summer pause, summer break, über over, but it means on the subject of a militärisch Eingreifen, a military in grip or intervention, in Syrian and uh, Syria, and with that, damit, on the subject of Krieg, war, which we all know, and Frieden, peace, entscheidet is going to decide. So, if blah 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 is going to decide, rather in English we would say if the U.S. Congress is going to make up or take a decision on blah blah blah, it would be first. Here it comes last, so you got to get used to that. Uh, he goes on steht den Volksvertretern eine schwierige Abwägung zwischen Parteiinteressen der öffentlichen Meinung, öffentlichen Meinung und ihren, ihrem eigenen Gewissen bevor. Steht bevor is like imminent. So you got steht here and before at the end. So those are the two things. One, that the verb will often come at the end, and two, that the verb is often divided, which part of the word, at the verb at the front, 
and part at the back. And typically, those verbs that can be divided are verbs that, uh, you know, where the emphasis is on the first syllable. Basically, that's it. The rest of it, and so th this is an issue at first, and any language, when we start learning it, reading, you know, we know the words and we kind of vaguely sense the meaning, but it's, it's tough slogging. It seems a little foggy for us. We kind of lose our thread. Uh, and that goes on for a long time. We know the words and we kind of get a sense of the meaning, but it's not, the picture is not in sharp focus. What do we do? Keep reading and listening. That's all you can do. And what seems foggy at first, eventually, eventually becomes easier because your brain gets used to waiting for the verb at the end, for example, gets used to the fact that these, you may have, for the first few times, you don't notice that a part of the verb is at the front, another part of the verb is at the back, but the more you read and the more you listen, the more you get used to it. And you can always occasionally refer to a, a grammar reference book and so forth, and that may also help you notice, but ultimately you just have to expose yourself to enough of the language that the brain will automatically pick up the first half of the verb and patiently wait for the other half of the verb to arrive at the, at the end of the sentence. And that's really the only major difficulty in German. German, to my mind, is not that difficult a language to learn. And I would particularly recommend that we don't get too hung up, unless you have to write the C2 exam, don't get too hung up about the declensions. If you totally focus on the declensions, on this one specific aspect of the language, and don't get involved in more of the vocabulary and more of the language and exposing yourself to it and just talking without worrying about it, I think your language, your progress will be impeded. So there you have it, a follow-up video. Oh, I did go 10 minutes. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye for now.